It is Wednesday, March 10th, and it is time for Steve Sachs Interim. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. We're doing it. We're we're bi-coastal. We're not Western North Carolina. Uh, full disclosure to everybody, I'm recording um, in the wilds of Western New York. My parents are both uh, vaccinated, so I was able to to make the trip north um, to to send our correspondents out to cover other regions of sports. Yeah, uh, but you are holding down the fort in Western North Carolina, so thank as you. only I can. Yes, we've been trying to test the limits of technology as much as possible with our last few shows. Uh, <laughs> this week, Buffalo. Last week, Southwestern Wisconsin. Next week, Antarctica. That's right. It is. It is deeply winter here um, in, in Buffalo. Uh, I was driving north and hit, yeah, western Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, it's no longer delightfully almost spring. <laughs> it's instead, uh, there's snow on the ground. Ponds are frozen. You know, uh, the lake is frozen. There's snow everywhere. So I'm like, right, it's, it's still winter here. I can't imagine why J.J. Watt didn't want to go there. <laughs> So if I can, I did want to start with that, uh, which is, so yeah, we are in NFL free agency. J.J. Uh, Watt, the uh, longtime defensive star for the Houston Texans, you know, got released. It's okay when he has to get released. Um, uh, and then so it was sort of him to choose where he was going to go. And then ended up being sort of between Buffalo and Arizona. And yeah, along with money, he also admitted that the lifestyle had a little bit to do with it kind of thing. And I don't really uh, begrudge a man, you know, who's got a couple of years left of his yep. career to be like, yeah, I'd like to, to be sunny whenever possible. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm curious I, if Buffalo had any reaction to that. Well, I, I look forward to um, him watching the playoffs on TV again this year. So, <laughs> well, um, a snack. But uh, no, I, I mean, yeah, he can do what he wants. He was probably he was going to get a lot more money in Arizona than in yeah. Buffalo, and there was a lot of talk in the Bun household about JJ Watt, and I was like, you know, he's he's good. He used to be an excellent, um, devastatingly good defender. He's not nearly that good anymore. Uh, injuries have taken a lot of that from him and age, like the best of us. And I um, I said I would. Be happy to have him on the bills as long as he doesn't eat up every, all of our, you know, very little amount of salary space right. that we have to add players. So you know, um, if he wants to come in for a for a cheap deal, but know that he's coming to an excellent team, an excellent program, great. Um, so it's fine; he can do what he wants yeah. to do, and whatever it means, him being uh, signed by the Arizona Cardinals did not affect their odds in Vegas whatsoever. So they did not somehow leap up to, you know, top three in terms of Super Bowl uh, likelihoods. Uh, They pretty much stayed exactly where they were. Yeah. Uh, Which is reflection that they're in a really good division. And um, just in general, yeah, defensive additions don't tend to change the dynamic of a team the way that, say, a quarterback would. Yeah. And, And that's the thing. I mean... The Bills do need pass rush. Like that, that's one of our biggest um, needs. Um, that I think everybody has identified, as well as like being able to run the ball a little bit to give our offense just a slight amount of balance. Um, 
I'm okay with Josh Allen throwing most of the time, but um, uh, but we need pass rush. But I don't know if JJ Watt is going to do that. I'd rather kind of money ball it and get someone who's eighty percent of where JJ Watt is now right. for much cheaper. Because also knowing that we need a right tackle, we need a right guard, we need yeah. you know. All and kinds of things. With the salary cap actually going down this year, you're seeing yeah. a lot of teams are releasing players right now, yeah. not due to a disappointment in their performance, but they're like, yeah, we just can't carry your salary forward. So yeah. sorry, if you, if we, uh, we're happy to release you and sign you back a week later at, you know, uh, 70% of what you're making, uh, but yeah. you probably won't want that. So best of luck to you. So yeah, there, there's a good chance to pick up some quality players in uh, you know teams just deciding Ooh, we, we got to cut some salary. Yeah, or so we might see um, a lot of t- players who will sign one-year deals worth a lot of money yep. uh, with some of the teams that have a lot of salary cap space, or you'll see players sign with, say, the Bills for a two-year deal where this year's very cheap, and then next year right. it's sort of backloaded, um, or the signing bonus um, gets allocated for the second year. So. There's all kinds of tricks that teams can play. You know, the New Orleans Saints have been playing these tricks for 15 years, and everyone's like, how are they doing this? You know, so um, they're going to be testing the limits of what they're able to do while also fielding uh, a playoff-bound team. So uh, we'll see what will happen. But, yeah, be prepared. There are going to be some interesting names that get released, not because they're not good, as you say, but Mm -hmm. because – Teams are just in weird salary cap positions. Gotcha. Uh, and also, now that you are up uh, visiting with your parents, wanting to know uh, how's your mom and the the surprisingly successful New York Knicks season so far. She's she's pretty happy. Um, she's also um, pushing me a little bit because I was skeptical about the Knicks' success uh, based on their poor performance in the past. So I've I've made some snarky comments that maybe <laughs> I would make off radio rather than on. And so she's like, look, they're doing pretty well. And so I I have definitely said, okay, they're they're a much better team than what I thought they were. She's she's quite happy. We're just um, you know, I'm here for a few days. I'm going to get to see them once. Whereas like, she's like, why didn't you come in any other week when they're <laughs> on every night? Instead, we have the, the crappy Sabres to watch. Um, and the, the less said about the Sabres, the better. There you go. Um, but yeah, they head into the All-Star break at 500 or maybe one, yeah. one game over, which is the first time they've done that in, in a long time. And uh, yeah, there's there yep. seems to be reason to think that this team may not hold their place at fourth or fifth um, as the Celtics are starting to put it together. The pace, you know, some of these teams that are below them currently, uh, I I do think will, will right the ship. Um, But still, I don't think we should just expect the Knicks to fall away and, oh, they'll be the 11th seed in no time. Don't you worry? Maybe not. And they might have a move in them. There's lots of rumors about Victor Oladipo and, uh, other players too. So we'll see how much they decide to um, push for that. You know, Tom Thibodeau is a coach who, who wants to win right now. He mm-hmm. doesn't worry about the future. It's all about this game and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, 
Uh, uh, but the, yeah, the Knicks were represented at the All Star Game by uh, uh, Julius Randle. Um, yep. Participated in the game, and then um, uh, uh, Topin. Am I Topin? Um, uh, Abby Topin. Topin was uh, in the uh, the dunk contest, and you know, yeah. lost on a you know judge's vote. When they finally got to the point where they're like, well, you know. Three voted for the other guy who won, Anthony Simons, and then two voted for him. So, yeah, he, he had a good showing. Yeah, and, yeah, so that's the reason why the Knicks haven't been on uh, really this week is because it's All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Um, and usually that's um, a sort of multi-day celebration where the NBA milks it for all it's worth and they have events, you know, starting on, like, Thursday night all through the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest, skills game. You know, they have, like, the futures game. And then leading up to the regular all-star game on Sunday, because we're dealing with COVID-19, um, there were more than one player, um, very good players, LeBron James, uh, Giannis, and many others, who were like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing an all-star game? Mm-hmm. This seems, uh, seems a little bit silly. Um, but the NBA was like, no, we we want to do this. We'll we'll condense it. We'll we'll limit this. We won't have any fans in the stands, um, but we still want to do uh, provide a break for the players, um, for most of the players, yes. and also to um, still do a showcase of the NBA's best midseason. So they did it in a sort of expedited fashion. Um, all-star weekend and to basically just one day uh yesterday and i kind of liked it i liked having it all there to be like oh there's the three point contest we're gonna start the game in a couple of minutes it just felt like oh while we are here why don't we do a slam dunk contest Uh, i agree i i ended up not watching it in real time for for two reasons one i was like all right is that today like i admit it sort of kind of caught up to me uh, and just happened to have some uh, some other plans, but uh, hooray for replays. But also, yeah, I was a little annoyed that uh, I tried to uh, watch it, and uh, it involved you have to pay for an upgrade. Mm. You know, I'm like, why am I having to pay for an upgrade on my basic streaming cable package mm-hmm. to watch the All Star Game kind of thing? So I, I did not do that. Um, but uh, hooray for replays! Yeah, so it, you know, I, I think that it happened at all. Uh, hooray! But also, I, I appreciate, for example, that you know Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were uh, not yeah. allowed to go. They were, uh, you know, voted in uh, Embiid as a starter, uh, Simmons as a replacement. But for contact tracing, they were not allowed to go. I guess they visited a barber who had tested positive, and you know all this kind of things. So it's, I was bummed because Embiid's having a great season. I wanted to mm-hmm. see him, you know, in that game. Um, but it was also good to see, like, yeah, I mean, they are finding a way to have the All Star game, but clearly. There are um, still restrictions being adhered to and not just like everybody make out fest in the middle of the court. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what it usually is. Yes. Um, uh, but we got to see uh, there was still plenty of star power. There's yeah. plenty of really cool stuff that happened. And you and I came away with the same thing that like, oh, right. Steph Curry is like one of the best players yeah. in the game, if not of all time. He was fantastic. It, it was nice to be reminded of that. So he did win the three-point uh, competition. It's the second time he had won it, um, although he had competed um, a handful of other times. And it was great. And yeah, a really exciting finish with him needing to hit the final uh, shot. Um, yeah. 
because Mike Conley, I believe, uh, you know, had, had a strong final round as well. So it, it, it was really great, you know, like, oh, and I love that they sort of added the extra step back. Yeah. Perfect for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a big fan of the Mountain Dew green basketballs. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, all those things. So, yeah, it was just, and then he was terrific in the game as well. Yeah. Um, in, in the way that he can be with these remarkable shots. He, and it was nice to see <laughs> Damian Lillard also be like, uh, he's not the only guy yeah. who can sink three-pointers from the parking lot. So, yeah, they both played well. I mean, Giannis ended up being the MVP. He went 16 for 16, um, but mostly dunks and things. Yeah. But good for him. Um, but, yeah, it was just nice to be reminded that uh, Steph, Curry, Steph Curry is yeah, he's a phenomenon, you know? And, yeah. And, you know, he had one three-pointer where he shot and then turned around really quickly, so couldn't see it. Uh, and then also, he had an alley-oop in the game. I, yeah. I believe Chris Paul threw him an alley-oop, which was awesome. And then they um, returned the favor, yeah. Yeah, and then um, just a couple of things with this is uh, I still think the All-Star game, uh, during normal circumstances, needs a game of horse. Like, I would totally watch horse yeah. or even pig. Like, not sure why we're not doing that. I would totally watch that, especially with, like, Steph, Steph Curry um, making really weird, crazy shots yeah. from, like, the stands and everything. Like, why isn't that happening? But then also, Marv Albert was calling the game. And I thought, how old is Marv Albert? Like, I remember seeing him on, like, old SNL clips with, like, Connie, Connie Hawkins, the hawk. Yes, and, and he's dust. Yeah, and I looked it up. Marv will turn 80 in June. You so go, Marv. It, like, just, you know, all props to Marv Albert. Um, still calling the All-Star game. Still just doing it with Chris Webber. And uh, he, he's just the best. So uh, um, th- those were my big things. Uh, it was great. And then, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see. So LeBron James put out a, a nice tweet mm-hmm. um, following the game about Steph Curry. He uh, the following finally got to share the floor with uh, Steph Curry, number 30. Well overdue, and I loved every single second. Hashtag greatest shooter of all time. Hashtag change how the game is played by himself alone. Uh, hashtag respect beyond words. Hashtag just some kids born in Akron. So I guess maybe Steph Curry is born in Akron. I don't know. Um, so I thought that was awesome to see. Um, but also that tells me LeBron James regards the Golden State Warriors as no threat at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something to that. You know, if if they were if you know they were the current two seed, I don't, I don't think he's being that like you're awesome. What yeah. a pleasure to play, be on the court with you. Uh, yeah, he he was talking up Devin Booker a couple of weeks ago yeah. for not making the All Star game, and you're like, yeah, you're not going to be seeing Devin Booker in the finals, so you're okay with saying all we'll that. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Chris Paul's doing great things for them. Well, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, hooray, uh, All Star game for its. Uh, wait, is that today? And then turned out to be uh, at least well worth watching in review. That's right. So we've been talking about we've been talking about the NBA. We we hit the All Star game. A little bit about the Bills, um, and also got to tell you that I'm recording this in Buffalo, New York. Uh, and we needed to talk about college basketball because we are in March, and it's the beginning of March Madness, and. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's time to bring back an old friend of mine uh, who also serves as Steve Sachs Syndrome, Steve Sachs Syndrome's legal counsel. It's Jeff Kingsley. Welcome back, Jeff. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate it. 
Well, we appreciate and, you being on permanent retainer. Yes. And when you right. do name your show after an actual person, you do have cause for legal counsel from time to time. Yes. That's right. Listen, you, the, the, the carrot of you giving me, you know, a spot every few years does, does always, is always enticing to keep going. So it works out well. So whenever Steve Sachs six his goons on us, uh, we'll, we're, we're going to call you. But, uh, but yes, we do know each other um, from Buffalo for a long time. Um, and yes, you are a big sports fan uh, and often rooting for teams that I don't actually like. Um, and you were very um, uh, big about sort of going against the grain in, in sure. Buffalo. You pretended to not be a Bills fan for a long time and um, was a fan of the Minnesota Vikings and even the Denver Broncos. Denver. Um, the, very, the very successful Super Bowl, the, 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 the yes. multiple Super Bowl championships during yes. the, the late 80s and early 90s. Of the, yeah, that's, a, that's right. But we wanted to bring you on this week because um, you are a Michigan Wolverines fan, and it is March Madness, and Michigan has a long-storied college basketball program um, history, and you are a fan of that team, and they're doing very well this year. So we want to talk about uh, this year, but first, uh, how did you become a fan of University of Michigan growing up here in Buffalo with no real giant college basketball program in western north carolina besides syracuse but that barely even counts for us well it, it all goes back to the, my saturday afternoons going to my grandparents house because my uncle moved to michigan and if you know scott scott knows me since high school i was i was a you know out of all the sports teams that i that i root for baseball is my least favorite but i am a tigers fan so oh. there's michigan roots because my 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 uh, my uncle was in Michigan, and we'd always bring back Michigan attire. And he brought back this Michigan Wolverines, you know, dartboard where you threw it at the the bullseye, which was Woody Hayes on Saturday afternoons. And so I'd go over there, you know, to cut my grandparents' lawn and and do all sorts of stuff and have a nice little Burger King meal afterwards. And every afternoon, you know, when I was growing up, you know, from like eight, eight years old onward, it was. Uh, it was Michigan versus somebody. And, um, you know, with Keith Jackson, the ABC commentator, and, sure. and all oh, the Michigan really? players. Listen, <laughs> listen, how I became a Liverpool supporter, how I became a Michigan supporter, you give me a sweatshirt, you give me a hat when I'm young, <laughs> you know, you know, a flag, a pennant, and then boom, there it is. That's how it happened. So I started watching Michigan football with Anthony Carter back in the day. And, mm -hmm. you know, love Bo Schembechler, love the rivalry. And, and you know me, I always take one side or the other. So I immediately gravitated to the Michigan side, absolutely hated Ohio State side after maybe like two games of, of, of watching it. And then it just grew from there. They became pretty successful. And then obviously the basketball program, you know, speaks for itself. It was, you know, it's like a roller coaster. It did well and then dropped off for 20 years yeah. um, and then came back. <laughs> well, and so that's a thing that has always been kind of a puzzle for me is this question of, are you able to be a fan of a college team when you didn't actually go to that college? Um, and I, I think the answer is yes, but I do admit that sometimes it rubs me a little bit the wrong way where I'm like, you went to Hamilton, you know, like the, 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 the Hamilton college is 1600 strong in a, in a, in a solid, you know, continental league, you know, where I think we won one football game in four years. I mean, it is tough, you know, I get it. 
Tom, what do you think about that? Uh, does uh, it rub well, you the wrong way, or are you like, no? I would say that, no, I think you can be certainly a fan. You just don't get to use the we. Mm. I, I think <laughs> so if you didn't go to the college, you wouldn't get to go, we really need to get out there this weekend. So, again, if you go to the college, you can use the collective we. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan from elsewhere, um, sure. We, I, I thought he beautifully explained, like, who knows how we come to be excited about a team. Yeah, just a hat or a pennant or a, a random road trip one summer. Um, but, yeah, maybe you don't get to uh, claim lineage. What do you think, Jeff? Interesting. Here's a little twist because I'm the lawyer. So what <laughs> if you never went to the school but live in the town and have season tickets oh. and you're going to the game? Can you say we then? We'll allow I'm just, it. I'm just trying to figure it out. Just we'll allow some carve outs here. Yes. Do you do you claim that status, Jeff? I don't think you do. No, I would love. I I have been to. I been. I I have been to a few games. Um, but um, you know, basketball in in, in a couple of football games. But that's kind of. I don't say we. I actually I do say we sometimes. So now I, I stand corrected. Tom has corrected me. I will never say we again. I am a second class citizen when it comes to my 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 sports team. So I um, learn something new every day. Tom, this ruling is final. Uh, yep. So. Uh, uh, you know, quick side note before we get into this, I had a, a co-worker, uh, an old co-worker, who went to three different colleges mm. um, and one undergraduate, two graduate programs, got master's from two. And so he was able to, he said we about three different college programs. And I was like, that's oh. too many. You can't <laughs> right. claim three you know, I agree even though like he paid tuition to all three places, I think has degrees from two out of the three, but probably three out of the three. But it felt like too many. Like maybe you get two, you don't get one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's about right. I mean, I say even over one. I think you just got to pick one. You got to go with your strongest horse and just that's it. You know, you can't say we for the other one. You you can say we that you, you graduated, you're an alum or you're affiliated with whatever program it is. But when it comes to the college teams, because what if they're playing each other? Like, who do you root for then? Yeah, it's know. just too complicated. Right. Are, are you allowed to turn back in one jersey uh, in favor of the other? Like, <laughs> right. I was using we all yes. along, but I've sort of fallen out of favor. So, yes, I, th- I think you can you can trade it back in, but you can't use them simultaneously. I, I Listen, also, it all depends on who's got the better jersey for me. I would just go with whoever whoever, whoever right. bribed me the most. I mean, obviously, that's, that's how I pick my schools. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, and, you know, our uh, Tom and I have a friend named Josh Battenhorst who went to graduate school at Wake Forest, where I went to undergrad. And uh, he stepped on the campus once to mm. get his diploma. And he would always say, we. And I admit that sometimes <laughs> I'd be like... Did, did mm. you go there? Like, did he get to use we? Like, I, right. I don't think so, but this feels yeah, a little, little odd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't hear the Charlotte campus in that we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's all possible. Charlotte. Yeah. But uh, uh, in general, also just we're going to keep going with this conversation. When is it okay to just be, like, done with the team? This is not necessarily mm. even kind of college-based, but – uh, right. You know, must you stay with the team forever or yeah. what is the sanctioned, I just can't root for that team anymore. They let me down or otherwise, or um, 
you know, I, I know a lot of people did. Well, our friend Josh, a lot of people did that with with Golden State. They're like, I know it doesn't seems like bandwagon, but I just love the way that they play. It just this is right. you know. So uh, you can like the way they play, but for me, once you pick it, it's like you're in it forever. Like I just think that you know you can't. Whatever, however, you came to your conclusion that you were a fan, especially if you were you were a big fan and you supported and and took all the accolades of, of winning the title. You don't get to trade that in. And then five years later, because they're in the lottery that somehow, you know, you, you, you somehow gravitate towards a different, I, I don't buy into that. I'm, I'm old school. Like once you're in it, you're in it. I mean, Michigan football is, is God awful now, but you know what, you know, you still gotta, you gotta ride that because part of being a fan is taking the good with the bad and, and that's it. So what about you and the Minnesota Vikings? Like I knew you as a Vikings fan, you know, originally sure. first met in like middle school. And again, the bills were uh, very good at that point. Uh, and at, we kind of always knew that you were really a bills fan, but the bills, like when we first, I think you and I started watching football, the bills were awful. You know, they were two and four. Terrible. Just an awful. So it was kind of like okay to have another favorite team or a different favorite team. When did you kind of did you ever drop the Vikings? Or I, you, they're what, still there. I still root for the Vikings. You know, it's you know getting to Tom's point or getting back to your point when you're talking about three schools. How I came to, you know, it's it's a complicated history. How I came to my my rooting for my you know my NFL teams. When I was like four years old, I liked the purple helmets. I liked the Viking guy. I started rooting yeah. for them. They were pretty good. I went to see a John Elway game when he played at Stanford. Wherever he went, I, I rooted for them, Denver Broncos. And obviously where I, I, I lived in Buffalo. If I could have chosen better teams, I mean, Tom, yeah. from 1986 <laughs> to 1994, you know, every year except for one, one of those teams got destroyed in a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, when the Broncos finally did win in 97, I had to watch it by myself being preparing for the worst <laughs> that I thought they were going to lose. So, um, no, I, I still do like rooting for the Vikings. Um, but when you have so many teams and you're busy and obviously it isn't really, a, you know, with respect to saying I'm not a fan anymore, I am, but to say if I have to tier the the three teams, it would certainly be Minnesota would be third. Uh, Denver would still probably be a distant second. And obviously the Bills, because you get older, you're in the town, you get to go to games, you get to experience yeah. it. And obviously they got to be pretty good. You know, they weren't necessarily laughing stock. So, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the thought process. So I'm jumping back into our – I think there is something when a team – uh, leaves. For example, I had friends who were big yes. Seattle Supersonics fans, and I don't think they needed to be forced all of a sudden become Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Right. So I think that is a time where you're like, okay, fate has sure. left you in a place where you can re-choose. And I think there's some sort of service that could be provided. Hi, we understand right, you're yeah. looking for a new choice in your sports loyalty. Um, let us help you find your next sports right. home. Well, there was the. If they left you, then you're free. I mean, if they're no longer what what you visioned the team to be, I I certainly think that, you know, the Baltimore Colts, they're not rooting for Indianapolis. They're rooting for the Ravens, obviously. You know, it's just Seattle Supersonics. They wanted to stay. They moved. I think that's more than, that's the one exception. You know, they actually physically move and basically say, whatever you rooted for wasn't good enough for ownership for to stay, we're out the door. That's when you could throw in and in, 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 in throw away your, your jersey and move on. 
Well, we almost had it. Like there were rumors that John Bon Jovi was going to buy the the Bills and move them to Toronto, and people were like, "Are you going to be a fan of the Toronto Bills?" And I was like, "No, I don't no, want to root for the Toronto Bills or whatever they changed right. their name to." Like that was that was not going to happen. So I I'd sort of be lifeless. I, my thing is like the Premier League. I got into it, and I was like, there are families that have been fans of some of these clubs for generations and it felt so disingenuous to sort of choose a team at the age of 40 you know or whatever so I that was a sport where I was like I'm just not going to choose a a favorite team I have some favorite players that I'll root for and I enjoy the sport but so and I continue with that I'm sort of agnostic and I I enjoy that life in the Premier League. You, yeah. I, I will tell you one little funny story about that is that when I go to I go to London, you know, pre-COVID for work uh, three to four times a year. And I, I stumbled onto a show which was give an American a football club. So you bring out like a second rate actor. They talk about their absolutely no affiliation to any soccer club, football club in the Premier League, first division, second division. And they have a big wheel of all the clubs and they spin it and wherever it lands. You're now a, you're now official member of that club, and there's like some second rate actors that actually started supporting those clubs and actually giving money because of it. Like you know what, yeah. you're now a club of the second division, you know, <laughs> Sheffield club of you know Sheffield Community Club down there. They got three thousand fans, and there you go. And uh, I thought that was a good way to decide it. That is fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, someone's already someone always has an idea. Um, well, great. Uh, we will go ahead and. Uh, Take a break, but then on the other side, talk specifically about Michigan Wolverines and the the basketball uh, season so far. All right. We're talking about Michigan college basketball, the Wolverines, with our guest Jeff Kingsley, our legal counsel here on Steve Sachs Syndrome. Uh, You didn't know you were stepping into some copyright law, so thank you for bringing your expertise on that. Always. Or in, intellectual property? What do you think that is? We'll just say intellectual paper? property generally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Sure. You, it covers a lot. Do you need to bring in any colleagues or outside experts to help, or are you generally okay? No, I'm, I'm fine. It, it works out. I'm specializing <laughs> in everything. This. I'm good. Yeah, I got you're, this. I got this all small together. small potatoes, guys. You're, listen, we're, we got this all together. <laughs> yeah. you know? So let's talk about uh, <laughs> this season of Michigan College Basketball. Obviously, we didn't have a tournament last year, um, so... we're kind of in a weird place with college basketball, like, hooray, March Madness is kind of back. Um, But um, Michigan has had an excellent season this year, and uh, a lot of it has to do with their new head coach, um, who is is Juwan Howard, who is uh, a great Michigan Wolverine, part of the Fab Five, you know, still one of the most memorable and entertaining – and best uh, college basketball teams of all time. What did you think about when Michigan hired Juwan Howard? You know, uh, I, 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 he was one of the nicest guys out there. If you ever watched the Fab Five, Juwan Howard was always the nicest guy. You know, Jalen uh, Rose had a little bit of a swagger to him, Weber, all those guys. But Howard was just overall really nice. He was that guy. Um, he had a decent career in the NBA, yeah. um, coached in Miami, um, really wanted the job. Like he was really angling for it. I was, I will say I was a little bit mixed. I love the guy, but you know, talking about 
hiring a big name uh, with no direct coaching experience uh, coming off the heels of John Beeline at you know, Michigan with some, some very good success after years of sort of languishing in, in, in mediocrity. Um, so I thought I was, I was hopeful, but still worried about the, you know, we, we hired a big name when Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh, he sort of floundered a little bit and I thought the same was going to happen to Juwan Howard, but I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, that he's taken off the way he has. He's brought in some excellent assistant coaches, but, you know, he's brought a little bit of passion and enthusiasm that was well needed. Because this hasn't worked out all that well in, in other situations. I mean, there's still uh, some in progress. So, you know, uh, Patrick Ewing, same thing, a player who had been kind of uh, waiting for a long time for a coaching position and finally got the chance um, to uh, be hired at Georgetown. Didn't Chris Mullen teach at uh, St. John's for a little bit, maybe? I think he went back. And that didn't necessarily work out so well. And uh, there's been some other things. We mentioned not the same school, but, you know, Danny Manning sure. got hired at Wake Forest and otherwise. So it hasn't always worked out. We're like, oh, great, the player who did so good who's going to come back. But uh, I will say, um, yeah, Jawan Howard, you know, did, other, other than having a head coaching position, he did everything right along the way, getting on great coaching staffs, working under the best, um, seeing how systems work. I mean, to work with, you know, Pat Riley or Spolster or otherwise, that, that those are good systems to uh, come out of um, that I, I thought there might be a chance that he could implement that well at Michigan. Yeah. So, far, so good. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, the only thing I, I thought about, and I, and I know a couple of my friends who are high school basketball coaches that have been in it for 15, 20 years, I, I, I still have sort of a, I love Juwan Howard as a player, but players seem to jump the line when it comes to coaching yeah. and you see it with Steve Nash with the New Jersey Nets and things like that. It's worked out well. Um, there's something to be said about having player experience, but uh, I do think, you know, when coaches are, you know, that haven't played in the NBA and they're, and they're excellent coaches, sometimes it takes them much, much longer to, to break through. And, and those opportunities are few and far between. Yeah. And so, um, so he did pretty well in year one with Michigan. Uh, and what were your thoughts um, going into the season? I mean, obviously, we didn't get to have the end of of last year. So coming in to this year, were you like, well, maybe we'll be do we might be. Okay. I thought they were going to take a step back. Honestly, really? I thought they were going to take a step back. They were unranked uh, coming uh-huh. into the season. Um, Juwan Howard, you know, obviously the name pedigree, he was he was getting, you know, some traction on the recruiting cycle, but he missed out some on some big targets coming into this year. Um, and it was really going to be sort of a bridge year, an okay year that he had Hunter Dickinson, the freshman that came in, he's played excellent. Uh, but he has three top recruits next year. I thought this year they'd be 500, maybe a little bit better. Um, so this has been a, a huge surprise. Yeah. So they did go, in fact, they won the Big Ten title. Um, which makes them the number one seed going into the Big Ten tournament, which will start later this week. And then many do think that they will also, I guess, unless they, you know, they've had a couple of missteps recently, which we'll talk about. But right now they're ch- projected to also be a number one seed uh, in the you know, full NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think I think because they, they lost they lost a couple of games. Illinois thumped them pretty good, and Illinois is a great team. And yeah. you know, I, I didn't really appreciate until the, the the season how many very very good teams you know were in the Big Ten. I mean, you're talking about potentially at least two number one seeds. Yeah. Um, 
And the Big Ten tournament is going to be – you could argue that the Big Ten tournament, as you get into the semifinals, the quarterfinals, may be even better than the NCAAs because you could talk about four top ten teams playing each other, and that may not happen in the NCAAs. Um, so Michigan, you know, they're, they're limping a little bit. They lost two of the last three. Uh, they, got, they got one of their guards that, that have been hurt. They have a wet Wake Forest product, uh, Scott Bunn, you know, off the bench. Uh, a graduate transfer, Shanti Brown, is doing well for him, shooting threes on, off the bench. Um, but, you know, Michigan's going to do well. I think they're going to secure a number one seed regardless of where they're doing. But I'll be honest with you, you know, when the Illini came in last week and, and I hadn't seen them play, um, they looked really good. I mean, they really – I mean, they beat Michigan by, I think, 15, 20 points. And I'll be honest, that was generous. I think they scored a couple easy baskets. So – Michigan's going to have a tough road to win the, the Big Ten, and they'll certainly have a tough road, um, you know, to, to win uh, the NCAA tournament. They have a lot of senior leadership that they brought in some graduate transfers, but you never know. Maybe Juwan Howard Magic. You never know. You never know. <laughs> well, and the Steve Sachs syndrome curse lives on. Um, we, we've had this um, for a number of guests. One guest who refuses now to come on because he's always like my team is bad after I talk with you guys or they'll strategically say we won't agree to be on the show until the results are in this time I reached out to you we're like great this is gonna happen and then Michigan loses twice in a row well I didn't know that you had a curse I mean (laughs) I didn't know they had a curse I wouldn't have come on but they were 18 they were 17 and one and rolling and they lose two out of their three, and they—they one of their senior guards uh, get hurt. I, I didn't realize we were legally compelled to re. You had that. to, you had to disclose. There has to be a disclosure statement or something along those lines that get it, that put it out there. Uh, I think you, you know. I felt like I've been, I've been, the verbiage. I reasonably relied upon it. the goodwill, but that's I, all right. Well, we weren't required to do it in ten point font. So if you go back to my email, I have it in very small font at the bottom there. You had to so, read it really fast, like those yeah, commercials. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So the the curse has struck again. But you know, like you just need to embrace that that it's not about this. Um, it's about how your team does, not about a small indie sports radio show in Western North Carolina. So, if, so if I just basically tell all Michigan fans, basketball fans to blame this show, you know, I think, you know, it will, you know, it would be great for, you know, listen, any publicity is great yeah. publicity. You, 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 run with it, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you would love the hits, you know, just you know, stay away sure, from the Twitter feed, I guess. <laughs> just make sure they t- you tell us tell them where they can listen on on. That's right, exactly on, right uh, on our podcast feed. Um, so, do you? Uh, so, what will it be? Because I this is uh, strange times. We're all working from home, um, and maybe college basketball basketball can just be on while we're all working um, during yep. the day instead of sneaking out. Um, or having the boss's screen where it suddenly pops up a random Excel file uh, while we try <laughs> to watch it on our computer. Um, so, Will, um, how much do you usually tune into March Madness, Jeff, um, like during this thing? Or, like, Will, this year you're like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to watch all of this as much Michigan college basketball as I can. You know, I love Mich- I love college basketball. I love the, the March Madness. I used to go to Vegas 
three or four times, you know, to, to watch it. And it felt like you're there. I mean, obviously for different reasons and people are betting and people are cheering, but it felt like a, a very, it felt like a great environment. I normally, you know, you know, you may not know this, but I used to always take off the Thursday mm-hmm. afternoon of work to go and watch it at a bar and just enjoy that experience. Cause you have like 15 games on Yeah, one or two of them are going to be an upset. It's just fun to watch that. And you don't really get that in any other, you know, sport in any other area. So um, I'm still going to watch a lot of it, obviously with Michigan being excellent, you know, until the curse, obviously, but they were excellent, (laughs) but um, you know um, it's added motivation, but you know, it's a, we love sports. I like watching that. I think, you know, I'll be honest. I'm surprised in a good way that, that sports is that um, they adapted so well to, to have sort of this fan experience and this sound the first few games whether it was soccer or whatever it was sort of like it was whisper quiet and it just yeah. sounded it was just felt weird like it didn't yeah. matter who won or lost it was without any noise without any crowd interaction and things like that so no i'm certainly gonna buy in i'm gonna watch it and and um i'll see where it goes and, and quite frankly there are a number of teams this year that are excellent and added bonus since i'm a michigan fan Duke may not be in a tournament, so you have to watch it almost by, you know, because of that reason alone. Yeah. Is, is it better to just ha- not, not have Duke in the tournament at all or for them to be in it and lose in a big way or lose in the first round? I would say losing the first round with like a two seed, I think they've done that like once, so, mm-hmm. yeah, is, is the best. But you can't bet on that. That's like a one in that's a, that's a one in twenty, obviously. Um, having Mike Chashevsky try to argue in his nice sort of passive aggressive way why the NCAA tournament shouldn't happen this year. Oh, by the way, because his team's terrible. Yeah. I enjoy that. I, I soak in his tears of frustration and failure, and, and I I love that. I love that. That just so I would say it's a close second, but yeah, obviously getting bounced in the first round that that would be. You know, at the top two, that would be the best. But there is the reality, which is, well, they definitely can't win the tournament if they're not in the tournament. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Jeff, you mentioned uh, you taking off time to, to watch the game. Usually Tom and I will get together um, and um, take a nice, generous work break in order to, to take in the games. And yeah, it just feels weird. It felt weird last year that we couldn't do it, but at least there were no games happening. It was like, well, right. I'm leaving my house, but this time it'll be like, I'm supposed to be with Tom right now, <laughs> drinking a beer at an inappropriate time and then going back to work. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, it, 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 but I think the, the longevity of this, we've sort of embraced it. I think we've adapted as fans, at least I have, to say, yeah, I'll watch it in a way that that, that I that I could just make fun of my friends who are, you know, you know, you know, Gonzaga fans or <laughs> again, part of being a sports fan, at least for me, is enjoying when they win, being bitterly disappointed when they lose, but also enjoy, you know, on teams you don't like that you know the friends like and then they lose that you can make fun of them you well there's always a workaround even in a <laughs> pandemic to, to mock them and mock them consistently you know and enjoy that those opportunities so much evil in your heart jeff King. <laughs> I'm, I'm a giver whether it's you know in one way or another you'll you'll, you'll hear from me <laughs> yeah. 
the mock like, again Wolverines. Yes, that's right. Listen, <laughs> it happens. Well, uh, I think we need to wrap it up, but Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I, you know, unlike you, I have, um, more generosity in my heart. I will root for Michigan this year, um, because of that. Um, though I will be happy if, um, if it causes you some bit of, maybe I shouldn't do that to other people because I feel so bad. Um, then I'll feel, I'll feel better about that. You'll send me a bad text when they get bounced in the first round. That's okay. (laughs) Listen, it's all right. We understand. No, it's been a pleasure guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. So our thanks to Jeff Kingsley for coming on. That was really fun to um, talk about Michigan. It was also fun to litigate how you choose a favorite team. (laughs) Um, So that was really fun. Also, I want to recognize Dent Bradford who came on the show. Was that only last week? Only last week. Time is meaningless. Um, Of the Asheville Buncombe Regional Sports Commission, uh, who helped um, host the Southern Conference basketball tournaments, men's and women's tournaments here in Asheville this weekend. And yeah, they're wrapping up tonight as of taping on Monday night. Yep, men's final is uh, UNCG, Greensboro, and uh, Mercer. So uh, we remember from past years, Mercer had a really fun fan base. So, uh, Travel really well. Um, yes. So yeah, just... Uh, you know, so many things to consider it, but it seems like it's it's come off as, as another success for sports here in downtown Nashville. So, yeah. By the way, I did want to say, speaking of traveling well, so I'm here in Buffalo. What did I do on my first full day? I go to the Bills fan store to buy Bills gear for the entire family. I had a full list. I had shirt sizes <laughs> and everything. Had Had to get... Um, fill up with new bill supplies and and i did um so uh hooray for second rate um bills paraphernalia <laughs> flags koozies I, I i was buying it all right and now because of your giving them someone will be a bills fan for life um that's even right. if they weren't born in buffalo uh, that's all it takes according to jeff <laughs> that's um, exactly right so otherwise, yeah, excited for college basketball to continue. So we had, you know, some of the tournaments this past week. You'll see the the bigger conferences go into their tournaments um, starting in, in a few days. The Big Ten, ACC, uh, and the like. And then, you know, next weekend they'll be, you know, wrapping up and then, you know, pushing towards uh, the, the big tournament, which will all take place in Indianapolis. So, uh, yeah. Looking forward to a stretch of, of college basketball because otherwise there's not that much going on. There's, you know, so, some good soccer. We do have a UEFA Champions League returns for the second half of the home and homes of the of the you know, round of 16 this week. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just what is there to watch? Uh, found myself watching some golf this weekend. Yeah. And it was the uh, Arnold Palmer Memorial kind of thing and great. And um and yeah, it, it was good TV, uh, which involved uh, there's a golfer, Bryson DeChambeau, um, mm-hmm. who sort of made a strategy a couple years back that I'm just going to get ripped. I'm going to get as big as I can, and I'm just going to crush the ball as much as I can. And then um, hopefully uh, I can, you know, uh, do things in three or four shots that take people four or five shots because I'm starting off 
a hundred yards closer to the hole kind of thing. Um, and he's very good. And there was a very particular thing where he drove over the water, uh, uh, one of these holes, 370 something, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, and it was just, like, no one had ever tried to do that or at least very few. And he was able to do it. Um, and he did go ahead and win the tournament. He does have other parts of his game that are good as well, but I just have a really strange reaction of just because he's so big that it just feels like the bully is winning. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he he spoke very highly of Tiger. Tiger reached out with these encouraging tweets, blah, blah, blah. But I just have this weird feeling of just like, but he's the big, mean guy. Which <laughs> this is, you know, re- reflecting growing up as the not, not big guy. Um, but it's sort of, you know, I mentioned, so it's like, I know like, you know, Cobra Kai, we sort of have, mm-hmm. you know, the return of the, the bully is showing that he's got a good side as well. But I just have a... Re- really specific thing. And it's not so much about his personality, although sometimes he seems a little amped up, uh, like, like he just drank a bunch of energy drinks. Um, but there, there's just something like, I, I don't know why, but mm. uh, it, it's the opposite of that rooting for the underdog feeling yeah. that you sort of get to feel part of it when you kind of like, oh, look, that guy won. When he wins, I'm like, okay, fine. Mr. <laughs> Big Arms. You know. Right. It, like the, the guy, I always think of the, the bully from better off dead where he's like lame Meyer, you think you can ski the k-12 so this guy is is that guy yeah uh and he may not be he may be like a perfectly lovely person and everything like that, <laughs> yes just the way that he just sort of like literally just like big neck big arms um it's hard to sort of root for that particularly in a more pastoral setting whatever yes the gentleman's game kind of thing so yeah i guess if he were like destroying um <laughs> wide receivers for my favorite football team we'd be like yeah that's my guy um, yeah. but i just have a just a very strange reaction I said I, I don't tend to like to come on here and be like you know i don't care for um but i'm speaking more not that i don't care for him but about my reaction while yeah. i watch i just like it's not fair it's not fair he's so big and he gets to play this game with little guys it's not fair um uh, that's that's great uh this is an opportunity to share it was on twitter i don't know who wrote this joke it was great but a little covid golf humor um also beverage humor so somebody said i want one dose of pfizer one dose of moderna so i can have have an arnold pharma (laughs) i like it yes i like it (laughs) Well, and uh, I like doing our show, and uh, I like this one as well. So uh, hooray for, for another episode. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.